0: Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana and I'm Brooke. Today we're talking about The Walking Dead season 11 episode 2 and our recommendations on White Lotus, The Waterman, and more. But before we dive in, Brooke, let me
1: know how you're doing. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Diana. It's been such a nice time hanging out with you again. And yeah, I'm just really loving the fact that we get to talk about The Walking Dead, our one of our favorite shows ever. I mean, 11 seasons. I know. 2010 was their first season. On on um Halloween. Yeah. I
0: know. Crazy. It is crazy. I can't believe it. And, you know, that we've been together talking about it for the last couple of years. So uh, we love it. And we're so glad that everyone tunes in to hear what we have to say. We really appreciate everybody. And Brooke, I totally appreciate you taking your time to talk with me. I just love The Walking Dead. I don't know what I'm going to do when the season's over. but But for now, I'm going to enjoy what we got.
1: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. So you had a great day then, I'm assuming, because you sound really happy.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I did. I had a great day. But I want to know, because this episode that we saw was so, um, there was a lot of choices being made. And Maggie made a choice. It was with Gage. Um, You know, because in the last episode, we saw him take off with their stuff and kind of leave them. And so now he's back on the train and he's on the other side of uh, one of the doors there and the walkers are coming up right behind him and he's pleading with them to let him in and Maggie makes the decision not to and everyone seems to be backing her except for one person. And so I want to know, What you thought about that scene? And I want to know, would you have tried to save Gage?
1: Well, first of all, we were already trying to save Gage by trying to pry that door open, and it just was not going to open. So therefore, eventually, a decision was going to have to be made. If those walkers got anywhere close to that open door, they wouldn't be able to hold it. So instead of watching him die, I would have tried to at least, you know, pretend To open the door, I don't know. Like, I would at least try to open the door, you know. And I know that it's not gonna open, it was frozen like, all the doors are frozen shut. Um, but if it did open, I mean, like, we like, I just said it could create a whole mess of other problems and then we could all die, right? So, my heart is going with that. I would want to try to save him one person at least. That's just so messed up, mm hmm. That's just terrible. It's just, it was just so such an awkward scene. Um, I didn't really know what to think watching him getting tear, torn apart uh, like that, and it was just kind of just too much. So that I would, I would honestly, I think that if I have ever seen anything like that, like if I had been been with Noah, you know, Glenn was with Noah when Noah's face was eaten. Yeah. Up, I I would probably say I'm going to try. To get this person out because I've already seen this terrible stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, you have a pretty big discussion about something. You know whether it's been the worst thing that we've seen or not. So I don't know. Um, What about you? Would you have tried to save Gage? I think I would have had to have tried.
0: I was shocked at that scene. Um, I I understood it, but it took information from them and to hear what they had to say and why it happened that way. But my initial gut reaction is you have to try and save him. He is a kid, whether he's done something wrong or not. And like you said, at least attempt to try. I'm not saying put everybody else at risk. I'm not saying that, but at least put an effort like you're going to try you know, not just stand back and just watch somebody die. I just think that that's, I don't know if I personally could have lived with it. I have to give some effort, even if it's fighting for the person, just that reminds me of back on the farm um, when they were talking about whether they were going to kill that guy that they had uh, brought with them when Rick and Glenn and Herschel where they ran into that guy with the leg that was in the spikes and they brought him back home. And they were saying, oh, you shouldn't have brought him back because now he knows where we live. And then they were going to kill him. And then, oh, it was so hard because everybody was against saving him, you know, and Dale wanted to save him. Dale was, oh, no, we got to try. We got to try. We're not... Animals, We have to try and, and keep them alive. We can't just kill them. So I think in a way they were faced with the same type of situation. So, Yes,
1: definitely. Yeah. Aww. Poor young people. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I you know these know. young guys, right? Yikes. Oh, man. Well, friends out there listening, please let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. Would you have tried to save Gage? I don't know. Census this might be negative, uh, you can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens. You can follow us on Instagram, and you can subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. Okay, Diana. So moving on, I really want to know your overall thoughts on episode two, Acheron, part two.
0: Well, I thought the opening scene with Maggie falling into a bunch of walkers was super intense, and it was reminiscent of Glenn's dumpster scene. I thought it was interesting to learn about Maggie's experiences, the choices that she makes, and how she handles Negan. And also, Daryl finds some interesting artwork. We saw some gruesome scenes. We heard some horrible stories, and I'm Glad that we saw some progress with our group at the Commonwealth. And I was happy to see Yumiko highlighted in this episode. And also, I was scared when I saw the ending scene where the scary villains are revealed. So I'm so excited. This was such a good episode. What did you think? What were your overall thoughts?
1: Uh, Yes, I just really was... um interested in this uh, episode, you know, these first two episodes were very dark, being that they were filmed in the subway, and the, the tunnels, yeah. and then, uh, in the subway car, Daryl had been searching for dog, and um crawling around in that uh, air vent, or, or it looked like a sewer, maybe it was filthy. I know. Um Yeah. And, uh, so the only scenes that were, that had lighting was the scenes with Yumiko, Ezekiel, Eugene, and Princess. Mm -hmm. So it was an interesting contrast, but I also felt, uh, a lot of their, their acting, their work, their, their, their personalities were really shining through this, uh, interesting episode, uh, of the two, describing their experiences, and for us to uh, reinvent who they are. So, what about you? What, what, what else stood out to you in this episode?
0: I um, I just want to comment on something that you said. I didn't think about the light and the dark in this, but you're so right, and I actually love that because I don't like it when it's too dark most of the time, and you can't see what's going on. So. I realized that now that you said that, and that was actually pretty brilliant on their part for doing that and for you for noticing that. So, um, I think that was great. But I think the part that, uh, really stuck out to me in this episode was the decisions that Maggie has made, uh, with Gage and, uh, with Negan and with how her approach is on so many levels and, I really appreciated the story of her being on the road with Herschel. I, um, it was, it was actually a horror story that she told us. And she talks about her being on the road and how, um, a man asks for her help. And, but she can kind of tell something's not right, but she pretends, uh, she goes along with it. And she gets to, you know, where he's taking her and she puts Herschel in a room. And then she, you know, fights with this man and and brings out the rag that he was about to put in her mouth to knock her out. And she, in turn, does it to him. And and in that place, she finds um, all these mutilated people. And she finds these women that are locked up in a room and have... Been there for these, uh, for either that man or the other men's, uh, sexual use and they are mutilated. And she even talks about them having bumps on their stomach and something is inside, which was so creepy. Yeah. And she brings this all up because Alden can't believe that, uh, that no one can look at Cage after he's become a walker and saying how that's a really horrible way to die. And she says, No, I'll tell you a horrible way to die. And how all of this has really changed her and made her realize how fortunate they are to have what they have and that it's very rare to have what they have at Alexandria, what they had at Hilltop, and what she has, what she used to have at Meridian also. But at that point, uh, Negan chimes in and says, Yeah, we're lucky. And I found it really interesting because I felt that somehow this was bridging uh, a little bit, a little temporary bridge (laughs) between Negan and Maggie, because I think he um, took her story to heart. I also think when he was kind of freaked out a little bit on that train with the walkers all over the place, and I think we understood how he felt after seeing Here's Negan, Um, And, the you know, how the walkers were always surrounding um, him and Lucille. So I think it brought a little bit back memories of him because Father Gabriel says, are you okay? And he's all just bad memories. And so I think she sees him in a different light and he sees her in a different light. So and, you know, it's interesting, but that's what happens when you really hear other people. And that's how differences can be resolved or how you can understand others' points of view because... When you get to know somebody, it it sort of changes how you feel about them. So I think that it was really interesting how they portrayed all of this. And I just think that Maggie did such a phenomenal job, Lauren Cohan, uh, acting this part. I just was so in there with her. I just thought her storytelling was so good. Um, yeah. And then she gives him the gun at one point. She gives um, Negan the gun, which I found whoa that's a turning point i thought and i know it's also because he can help uh he can help them but you know he could have turned around and just shot her too <laughs> but she must trust him a little bit
1: yes i i thought i'm i'm thinking that something is happening with alden he's been speaking up more uh you know it's kind of seems like he's a he's He's not in agreement with everything that is going on and his voice is starting to come out and, and hopefully be heard. Um, I think that there, that's important to hear uh, your group. And I, and I do think that it's a very important job that Maggie has to be leading everyone. But I do find that um, I'm, I'm just interested in Alden is to see what, where he will take his voice and advocacy for others because there are differences. And we also have seen uh, our group split up based on the, their differences. And so I think that it's, uh, it's healthy for what Alden had done and said to stand up for Gage and Gage uh, trying to, you know, keep him in the group and keep continuing to try until his decision to uh end his life uh with those knives and then to see him at the door growling away um to where then Maggie takes the mic and 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 puts him in a place where he really um is invalid <laughs> uh for his his uh, statement about a horrific way to die. Yeah. And so um, I wonder where they will take this character because he's had some responsibility. I mean, he was there with Aaron at Alexandria. Yeah. All the whispers, you know. So he's been also been going through a lot and he's been very, very much involved in responsibility. So I am really
0: appreciating Alden uh, also in these last two episodes, because even when last episode, when he everyone was wondering where Maggie was, uh, he was the one to say, where is she? And wonder about it. Right. And every result, oh, she would want us to move forward and go on. I'm like, really? You're just going to leave Maggie? She would have wanted us to. But he was like, wait, 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 we should be looking for Maggie. I just feel he's very caring. And uh, you know wants to do the right thing, which is interesting because wasn't he one of the saviors with Negan, originally? Yes, and
1: he also had a conscience. Yes. when they were captured. Yes, at the top.
0: yes. So, so, but I think he probably had to be a savior. I guess he it wasn't voluntary. He probably just was like, ah, I better go in with the group or else, you know, I'm not going to survive. So. But uh, yeah, so I'm uh, really appreciating them uh, giving him, developing his character more because um, because I do like what I'm seeing here from him.
1: Yes, me too.
0: What'd you think of Father Gabriel? I was just curious about oh. that.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about him too. He's been saying some things, you know. His like, he, it's like he's got his own handbook nowadays, and so I'm like, what. You know, I just don't know if his title, uh, hes he may have uh, changed his title. Like right. Like maybe he's rewritten the book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's just not, it's not all there, but, uh, you know, he looks a little crazy with that fake eyeball or whatever is going on <laughs> with his eye. Yeah. So it just, it's just, it's so fitting for him to be kind of mysterious and you're kind of like, you know, I don't think I want to take this father's advice anymore because he's just you know he's he's really really changed really changed i mean even rosita was like what the hell <laughs> you know you're taking off yeah
0: i know i he just surprised me in a couple of these uh, yeah different different things that he has said and done and the gun and shooting people or shooting the walkers not people and just uh, he's on board with all the choices that they're making. It's 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 a different Father Gabriel we've seen the last few seasons. So yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah.
1: But then there's Daryl.
0: Oh man, ah, oh, I love it. So Daryl is uh, when he's looking for dog, and uh, he's seeing all these paintings down in the tunnel. And they depict people fighting amongst or against themselves for various reasons instead of the real enemy, which is so interesting because that's what they're all doing, right? Everybody's fighting against each other instead of coming together and fighting against the walkers, you know, and everything else out there and trying to survive as a community. It's like, no, we're always fighting against each other or yourself, one or the other. And I, I just thought that that was interesting how they showcase that through this artwork. He also noticed that there was um, class struggle issues involved, because you could see that some people were wearing crowns. And I thought that that was intriguing in that relating to the Commonwealth and the questioning, because they seem to ask Where'd you go to school? What did your parents do? What zip codes did you live in? It just kind of felt to me that they were looking to see what status you were, and so I have a feeling status is going to play a part in this portion of the season, and the fact that they're kind of right—it's writing on the wall, literally, right—of how that may play out. Uh, but Daryl also finds a hundred-dollar bill with a written note from a a kid or two kids, uh, two brothers. And I think that their father, he's writing it to their father. And he talks about he's going to radio his father every day. And that's so reminiscent of Rick and Morgan radioing each other in season one. So I like how they give these throwbacks to different seasons of, of um, the relationships and the steps that people go to stay connected. So, but I do want to bring up Daryl being a badass here. I loved the shooting scene. So he finally makes it out of the tunnel, finds dog. In fact, I was a little worried for dog because we saw dog go and grab a walker. And I thought, no, I thought for a moment that that walker was going to grab dog. I'm going thank God he didn't. But they finally make it out, and so Daryl comes on the other end of where the group is at, and he puts down his crossbow, which I was really shocked about. I'm like, what? Daryl's putting down his crossbow? But Roy, uh, he had found Roy on the tracks and takes, uh, Roy offers him his gun and his uh, grenade and says, here, tell my kids I I didn't, you know, I wasn't a coward. And so Daryl uses that gun to start shooting through all the walkers, and I loved The scene, because we see him outside, we see him traveling through the train cars, shooting the walkers left and right, left and right as they're each going down. And the Walking Dead music is playing in the background. I'm like, this is so badass. And I love it. We never get to see Daryl quite like this. And uh, I love it. I thought it was so awesome. And then... Once he gets to the front, he gets the grenade, and he puts it in the walker's mouth, and he shuts the door, he tells everyone to duck, and it explodes, and the walker's guts are all over the place. So it was a pretty exciting scene to see.
1: Yes, absolutely. I was really terrified for Dog. And then when uh, you were talking about the artwork and the $100 bill, Mm -hmm. do you remember the man that had the briefcase full of money yes. handcuffed to him yes so the artwork reminded me instinctively about this uh, historical art piece that depicted, like, it's a triptych, it's Bosch triptych. And the first triptych means, like, three pictures or three pieces of work together to make one. Uh-huh. And um, the th- the first picture was, like, Adam and Eve and the apple. And then the second picture was, like, definitely a colonization in a community. But then the third picture was, like, pure havoc, like, where we, like, the, the individuals and the community was, like, falling and it was just terrorized. And I'm kind of looking at this mural as though that this is like a triptych. And I also felt very social justice on different elements in the two episodes. I just felt like there was, uh, there was some graphic design in the first episode that had something to do with racism or anti-racism. And then we see this mural and other little elements here and there that I'm putting together uh, with like, you know, with the association of social justice and kind of like what leads to an apocalypse and their Right, beyond. Yes. So, yes. You know, it, it's, and we've all just kind of went through our own, uh, semi, uh, taste of that with the pandemic. So it's just very interesting to see how they're able to, uh, in, you know bring that into the the new season of uh, the walking dead so i i highly appreciate that to to see that and um also you know with the stellar performance with maggie eugene i really felt that he did a very good job yeah. being a in an, an emotional train wreck and how he was asked do you like feeling anxious or having anxiety. And he's like, no. And I, you know, Eugene has been through a lot. He was, he was, um, who I think was, um, what is it called? Uh, when he was a spy, he, he was that person with Negan when he became a savior. I really truly still feel like he was there to find a way to help protect his community at Alexandria and redeem himself. And so here he is being interrogated by individuals who he has no idea what they're capable of. He fell in love with Stephanie and he's still hoping to to find her. And that's all he was here for. And he's shaken in his boots. He's like, princess is gone. I don't know where she is. Where's my friend Yumiko? Yeah. You know, he's like so nervous. And then Yumiko, under her interrogation, her, you know, following where she's in the room with the two stormtrooper people. She or no, I'm sorry. She's not with the stormtrooper people. It's with the suit and tie people. Yeah. Interrogators. yeah. Yeah. She tells them exactly what their motive is. And there's, they're shocked to hear her thoughts because I don't think they knew. And I'm still wondering if they knew that she was cruising around and they saw that big pile of money outside. Yeah. In that bin with uh-huh. X marks on it. So like she knew she is, she's understanding certain things and they're, and I see them wonder, like, like surprised that she has put all of this together. And then they end the conversation like, what school did you go to? You know, where did you practice? Mm -hmm. And um, she's so witty. She's with it. Like, I want to be represented by Yumiko. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they did a good job with these character building um, as well. So, well, Diana, do you have any other thoughts about this episode of Walking Dead?
0: Well, I love a couple things that were said that just crack me up. And one of them is from Princess because she's so funny. Yumiko says, uh, walks up and says, oh, I want to talk to you. who's in charge. And Princess says, yeah, we want to speak to the manager.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: In her Karen-esque way. I just thought that was hilarious. And then Mercer says to Ezekiel, I went to West Point, asshole. So I just thought that was hysterical, too. Oh, God. It's just, it's going to be so funny and amusing. I I think Mercer's going to be a great addition. It's just, I think he's portraying a certain way at first. I don't know. I don't know yet. You know, it's hard. He's not revealing himself, but I can tell I already like him. So... You know, I hope he isn't too bad of a guy. You know, we'll find out. But also when Mercer asked Eugene or told Eugene that he wasn't a good liar, gimme a break. Eugene's the best liar. He got people to believe him that there was a cure. And and I'm like, no, you don't know Eugene. And Eugene was good. He wasn't giving it up. He 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 yes told the truth about Stephanie, but he still kept a lot of things you know, underneath. So he was doing a great acting job as Eugene and also, you know, the actor himself. He was brilliant. But um, I wondered about Stephanie. I'm like, is she real? Is that the real Stephanie? Are they just putting her up as Stephanie? I'm very skeptical. And so I don't ever know if it's truly what we think yet, especially with these people who have suits, who have laundry. (laughs) I don't know how they're doing that. So... I don't believe anything until I actually see it. So we will we'll, we'll see. But I also want to bring up we I talked about the womb earlier, uh how Maggie had brought up there was uh the women were pregnant, and but they were dead. And so I thought we have never known and one of the outstanding questions has always been was can a baby be born a walker? And in this case, it would seem like yes, but it's never been answered before. But the only question that this brings up in my mind is on Fear the Walking Dead, Grace was pregnant and her baby was stillborn, but her baby was not born a walker. So was it because it hadn't been long enough or am I missing something here? Because Maggie alluded to that these women had walkers in their bellies. They were just baby walkers.
1: So I just find that all very thought provoking. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well maybe Grace's baby like did like did it die? Yeah, maybe just at, while it was being born maybe or right before. Yeah. It
0: it just brings it all up, right? Because I think of all the people that have been pregnant and and uh what they were, you know, afraid about. Also, at the very very end of this episode, we see the reapers who are extremely formidable. And scary. We see these bodies hanging from the tree. You know, Negan says something like, holy crap, I, this place has gone to shit because he's been in that area before. And they're walking along and all of a sudden an arrow comes and Roy is dead. So see Thomas Howell, sorry, uh, he's gone now. And uh, they all take cover. And you see the Reapers walking down this dark street, um, and they look bad. They look like a major villain, and they look like it's not going to be easy to overtake these guys. So uh, our group is in a great predicament, and um, I just just wonder how, what's going to happen? Unless somehow the Commonwealth plays a part, maybe, and helps them out eventually. I don't know, but... I just find that interesting. And I also saw a preview where Maggie's yelling, no, no, as Negan drags her away. And I'm like, really? Negan's helping her. He's trying to get her away from something dangerous, but I don't know what it is. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Brooke, what what other thoughts do you have about this episode?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I couldn't help how like beautiful Princess was looking. And then she's like... Oh, in Spanish, in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was looking to use the, like, to, to, I guess, I'm assuming, where should she go, you know, where should she relieve herself, right? Yes, yes. So they're like, oh, yeah, in the bathroom. She's like, wait, what? Uh, a <laughs> toilet? And you have toilet paper? She was like, oh, my gosh. She's like, I'm so excited. I know.
0: That's so funny because she had first said, can I go outside and go to the bathroom? Like, outdoors. That's where she thought she had to go. And they're like, oh, no, why don't you just go to the bathroom? She's like, what? Oh, my God. That's such a great. I'm so glad you remembered to bring that up. That was so awesome.
1: They're hilarious. Like, just the whole waiting. Like, she's over there, like, doing the pee-pee dance, you know, with her feet. And Eugene's <laughs> like, could you stop? You're, like, really, really getting on my nerves. Oh, God. <laughs> Their relationship, the four of them, just have cracked me up in both of these um episodes, you know. And then I felt so bad for... For Ezekiel, uh, when he was coughing a lot, oh um, yeah, and I'm not sure if that was episode one or two. I, I know I, they're together now. <laughs> yeah, he was coughing a lot, and um, he really needed that water. But then they had interviewed him and asked about his uh, his abscess on his throat, and he was like, "Oh, it's benign." So like, he's really wise and like played the the card right. Yes. You know, by telling them that it's like no big deal. Yeah. Um, because you never know what they're going to do with, with him when it comes to that. And, um, so yeah, that's like really creepy. The story that Maggie had shared with us about the, the bodies and like it, the way it tumbled down the stairs and it just sounds so disturbing that, um, there that's even like still that that's still happening in an apocalypse where there's like, you know, kidnapped people and up in an attic like there's there's true stories to that and like the fact that they emphasized what that would look like in an apocalypse i'm thinking or a zombie apocalypse that's like so disturbing yeah well we've seen that
0: right we've seen a couple of people uh on fear the walking dead that's happened a couple times even teddy and um but it just it's happened. We've seen it, and it's just b- bizarre. I guess uh, you know, crazy people still are crazy people. I know. Doesn't matter if an apocalypse is happening or not. So
1: yeah, yeah. But that was a good scene with the grenade as well, and um, you know they had the perfect uh, element to to hide behind all sorts of things, and then. I don't even know if the door was shut all the way, but I just like I can't believe, like I I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be near a bomb. I know, you know? And yeah. Then to be in an enclosed area, yeah, uh, where a bomb goes off and like the pressure just explodes everything. Right. So, yeah.
0: <gasps> yeah. Crazy.
1: Crazy stuff. But uh, I want to know who you would give an award to. What was your favorite quote, character or moment?
0: I think that my favorite moment and who I would give my award to is Yumiko. Because she's so cool. I just love it. I love it that Princess was my award last Episode And Yumiko is my award this time around. These women are really shining. That's, you know, what I have to say. Uh, I love that she turns the tables and reads these interrogators and... Oh, she's so smart. And they ask her about her credentials and she says where she went to school. I just loved it. I love that she, you had mentioned it earlier and it's so true. She just really has it down. She's just a smart talker. You can tell why she's a lawyer. And so uh, I, I think they're very fortunate to have her on their side. And I also think it's very interesting because from what I've read, some of the storyline is actually Michonne's storyline. So they're actually giving it to Yumiko. So I believe we'll get to see some more things from her, which is really um which is really exciting. So I can't wait to see what happens next
1: with her. Yes, yes.
0: What about you? What was your favorite quote character or moment?
1: I'm going to go with Alden. I just think that we need to have balance. And we have to remember who we are and we are, (laughs) I'm sorry, I think that is so terrible what they had to do to watch Gage just get, you know, uh, take his own life and then also just get peeled apart. Like he's a hot potato. Oh, and I hard. just thought that was so disgusting. It was. Um, to just stand there watching and then to have a person who's willing to advocate for life. I think we need more of that. And then so I'm grateful that Alden is there. And then I'm I'm really interested to see how he evolves and maybe who he Grows with maybe he'll have people that like his ideas and want to, um, maintain that. And maybe he'll be like Carol, where he's like sick of it. And then he's just like going down his own, um, his own course and maybe he'll leave. I don't know. I mean, I'm just interested to see where he goes, but I'm thankful that he spoke up.
0: Yes, I totally agree too. I think that's a perfect award. Thank you.
1: Yes, and thank you for yours. Um, Diana. Yes. What else are you watching?
0: Okay. I am watching White Lotus on HBO. This is a comedy about the happenings of various employees and guests at an exclusive Hawaiian resort over the span of a highly transformative week, which is kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, when I first put it on, cause I had heard people talking about it and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I put it on and I'm like, what is happening in this? <laughs> what is happening at this resort? I don't know if I really like these characters, but some of them grow on you. Some of them don't, but they all have a story, right? Everybody has a story. And so it's just interesting. It's like uh, a week in these people's lives. And, uh, I was really glad to have watched it. It was, it was pretty good. And it's created by Mike White, who did School of Rock. And I love School of Rock. So I thought I have to give this show a shot. So um, that's something that people can tune into. I also watched The Hype, which is uh, also on HBO. This is a competition series in which contestants battle to design authentic streetwear fashion. This was a really cool show. It's kind of like uh, Project Runway and um, that new one who makes the cut, but it's based on streetwear. And the judges are called co-signers, which is a term with roots in hip-hop, where the right person's approval can turn an unknown into a household name, which I didn't know about, so I'm just learning all this stuff. And the co-signers were Marnie Senafonte if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's a stylist to all these clients like Beyonce. And um, beffy Burkett owns Union, a clothing boutique in LA that mixes streetwear with high fashion. And uh, Offset, who is a member of the hip hop trio Migos, and is also married to Cardi B, so it was very interesting to have these judges judge these young um, fashion designers. So it was a really cool show, and I really liked it. And I was vying for a certain uh, couple people to win, either this person or this person, and uh, I did. I picked pretty well, so I, I really enjoyed that show. So. Uh, if anybody's interested in streetwear fashion or any fashion show or competition, that's a really good um, thing to tune into. I also watched Vacation Friends, also on HBO. This is with Lil Ray Howery, Yvonne Orji, uh, John Cena, and Meredith Hagner, where a couple, Marcus and Emily, enjoy an unusual week without inhibitions when they meet these new friends on vacation. But then they're horrified when Ron and Kylie show up uninvited to their wedding. Oh my gosh, this, it's not for everybody. And it didn't get like rave reviews or anything. But it's very watchable. It's very light. And it did have me laughing. And so if you just want something to put on and just enjoy, this is this is a great, a great fun movie. So that's what I've um, been watching. What have you been watching, cool. Brooke?
1: Um, well, I do. I was interested in the hype. So I, I wanted to say that I had recommended for Gabriel, my eldest son, to watch because he's really into his swag these days. So I, um, we've we, we've heard about it. So I'm glad to hear your review. Yeah, um, loved it couple of shows that I've checked out I haven't completed this one this is raising Dion and that one is on Netflix and it's about a little boy who was passed down some uh, powers by his father his late father his father was I'm still not sure what happened to his father but he is no longer present and so he's now being raised by his mom and his mom, um, is friends with her ex or I'm sorry, her late husband's best friend. So Dion, um, Dion has these powers. His mother is aware of these powers. The friend of the dad is aware of these powers and he's so cool. He's excited to help Dion, uh, understand his powers so that he could learn how to use them and control his powers and like you know he's going to school and he accidentally used the power at school so he's been coached by his dad's friend and his dad and this friend are are really really intelligent scientists and they were doing research in um Antarctica, or I'm sorry, not Antarctica, it was really cold. It was in Iceland. And so um, there was like a uh, a meteor shower where his dad, um, who's played by Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know, has these abilities and other people that were there that night in the meteor shower has abilities too. So like there's this whole operation going on. We're not sure who knows about the powers, but there is research happening in the facility. And Dion is like kind of getting farther involved at the facility where his father would work. So it's, it's really, really good. The relationship between the mother and Dion is really, really sweet. She's struggling. She's a single parent now trying to figure it out. She has this really smart sister who's a doctor and, you know, helps her along the way as well. So it's a really, uh, fun, interesting, it's, you know, there's heartfelt moments. It's sad, uh, to see, but they're figuring it out and I highly recommend it. Um, there's another show that I've checked out and it's on stars and I only watched one episode, but I really want to watch it. Um, so I might have to subscribe to it. And it's blind spotting. And this is uh, actually taken after a, a motion picture um, with one of our favorite actors in Hamilton. I can't remember the man's name. David I mean, Diggs. There you go. So he was in the movie Blind Spotting. And now this movie is like a spin off. Or I'm sorry, the show is like either a spin off of the movie, because I believe that there are some of the characters from the movie that are in the show. But one of my favorite characters in blind spotting is played by a young lady who was in our horse show that was filmed in the UK. Um, and that movie was Free Rain. So if you know Jaden from Free Rain, she's the actress in blind spotting. And it's so hilarious because, um, she has a really interesting relationship with her mom. Her mom is Helen Hunt. And, you know, when you walk into their house, the first scene you see is, like, all these half-naked women, like, posing for their social media, and Jaden's walking around, like, in a thong, and, like, you know, her mom is just uh, – she smokes in the house, and, like, you know, she can, she's she accepts her daughter uh, for who she is and what she's doing to build this business of hers, you know, being this madam of, you know, these sexy ladies on on social media while her brother is is in jail, recently locked up in jail. And his uh, family, his future wife or girlfriend and her son are moving in to this household where there's like half naked women roaming around the house, taking pictures with their uh, social media. Uh, it was so confusing, but very interesting. I can hardly wait to see, uh, the next episode and hopefully I can complete the season of blind spotting. Cool. Um, the next movie that I'm talking about, it's The Waterman and you could find that on Netflix. Gemma and I watched it and it was really, really sweet. It was adventurous, but it was also heartfelt. This boy is on a mission to find the Waterman because he wants to help his mother who has a, what appears to be a terminal illness. I mean, she's clearly got um, cancer, but I believe it's leukemia that they discover that she has and she's very ill. She's scared him because of her body and how it changed with the illness and her treatment and her being treated in the home. And he's, he's observing this where he then hears a story about the waterman and he goes on a mission to find the waterman so that he could help his mom get better. And so just the two kids who are, or two, um, Young teenagers who are on the mission to find the Waterman, and all the the life that comes up in um, the forest on this mission. You know, there were some funny moments, but there were some adventurous moments. I mean, he's walking around uh, the forest with a um, katana, and he stops in a market. They're like buying all these uh, all this food. Uh, and then the store clerk is like, is that a sword? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a vintage or it's an antique. It's my dad's, you know? And, uh, so it's really cute. Gemmo and I were cracking up at some of the moments, and I just love those adventure movies. It reminded me a lot of finding Ohana. But it had a different purpose mm, yeah okay. well Diana thank you so much for your recommendations and your insight on The Walking Dead. You're welcome.
0: I love your recommendations too. I haven't seen any of those yet although I did yeah. want to see blind spotting so
1: I love it. it's poetic. It's just like the movie but um it's a show and I love the the characters yeah so it's 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 really good and you can watch the first episode free. Cool. If you don't, or like, I'm pretty sure on your Xfinity account, if you don't have stars, uh, you can at least check out the first episode. But thanks everyone. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. This will help other listeners find us. Yes, thank
0: you. We'll be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episodes 3 and 4. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.